This episode is brought to you by Cisco. Cisco has pledged to positively impact 1 billion people by 2025, embracing the transformative power of technology to create a more inclusive world. Head to cisco.com.au to learn more about this pledge. Hello, I'm Ray Crozier, Editor-in-Chief of IT News. This week on the podcast, IT News journalist Kate Webber is speaking with Angela Donohoe, Chief Information Officer at BPay Group. They discuss all things payments their API developer portal, and how Australia can modernise its payments landscape. Thank you so much again uh, for joining me today. Um, it's really great to have you here speaking with us at IT News. Pleasure. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks, Kate. Can you tell me how BPay fits into the Australian payments landscape and what your role as Chief Information Officer entails? Well, um, BPay is a really important contributor to the Australian payments landscape, um, quite a mature product, and uh, BPay remains Australia's preferred way to pay bills. Um, what we do is provide a really reliable system by which um, people who are paying bills can, through their, their banking services, um, use a series of codes and, and confirm that the money that they are about to remit is actually confirmed and it's going to get to its destination. Um, billers on the other side, who, who um, are also customers of banks, find it to be a really fantastic proposition because it really aids reconciliation and streamlined uh, receipt of, of monies owed for their services. And so it's um, it's proved to be valuable. And recently, there's a lot of new entrants into the market, fintechs, etc., who on first blush may not see BPay being as, as relevant to their business. And once they get to understand BPay and what their customers want, um, they, they see a lot of value. And so we're seeing a lot of new people picking up, um, or companies picking up BPay products and services. Um, my role as Chief Information Officer is to look after the technology. And while we're a payments business, without great technology, um, we wouldn't have established the brand that we do and, and the trust in, in security and efficient services. So I have a team of very capable um, technologists and uh, we use a range of third-party providers to provide quality services and that supports um, traditional batch services, uh, a presentment service for, for bills and also our OSCO service which is, uh, supports real-time payments across the new payments platform. And that's really interesting, that point you mentioned about fintechs maybe not fully appreciating what BPay has to offer. Why do you think that is? Well, I think because it's a mature product and there are other choices in the market, um, it may not seem to be as contemporary, but actually it's, you know, BPay sits across established and trusted payment rails in, in the market. And it's the convenience that um, is offered. And also predominantly people use their own money to, to pay BPay uh, when using BPay as a payments mechanism. And as we see a drift towards um, preference for using um, you know, your own funds, then that's certainly a service that aligns very nicely with them. As you mentioned, as time goes on, they'll definitely see BPay's uh, true potential, surely. Yeah, look, we're seeing some really creative ways of providing um, really great customer experiences and um, and different ways, whether it's about splitting bills or, or integrating with, with other providers in the market, that we see that uh, that's where a lot of the potential is emerging. And, and we're absolutely delighted. And, and from a BPay point of view, we've made it easier because we've been investing in building APIs, which make it much easier for new entrants to connect into our services. And, um, and so that's been great because we're reducing frictions. 
And just on that about um, you know how you guys are reducing friction across you know various ways, uh, I noticed that you know BPay opened a developer sand pit back in 2019 and uh, released four APIs into market as well. Uh, why was this developer portal such an important opportunity to help modernise the Australian payment landscape? Well, there's two two reasons why it, it's it's a preferred way um, of, of connecting to, to third party services. Um, it is a modern way of, of connecting, so that, that was our primary motivation. But we have two audiences. We have our existing customers, so we have over 160 um, financial institutions and payment providers who connect into our ecosystem. And while they are established, as, as those parties look to their own technology roadmaps and modernisation of their technology stack, they're looking at connecting into existing service relationships and, and, and we're seeing have a preference for APIs. It, it's not the only way in which we connect, so that's one audience. And the second audience is new entrants who really expect more modern ways of, of connecting with services. And so it's those two audiences that drove our, our strategy regarding APIs. And also from a technology front, it's certainly um, you know, it's, it's important as, a, as an employer that we provide um, modern ways of doing things for, for our staff and, and um, it's been you know, a resounding success on, on all fronts. I believe BPay just launched another two APIs uh, to scheme members through the developer portal. Uh, what do these new APIs add to the sandpit? Well, they really enrich uh, functionality and probably one of the most exciting one is the um, payment submission API. So currently the uh, traditional way of um, processing BPay payments is through batch payments that we do through the course of the day and that's very efficient and, and we process uh, millions of transactions a day effectively that way. The Bill of Submission API in particular allows submission of individual payments and, and can really start to transform the way in which uh, payments into the BPay system and, and add a lot more um, timely processing and, um, and and really just starts to transform the way in which uh, the ecosystem can, can connect with us outside the batch processes. Yeah, and I believe the other one is Manage BPay Biller API. And um, what capability does this have? Okay, well, one of the assets that BPay has is a, is a basically a, a master directory of billers. So that's the likes of the companies that you and I would deal with every day for our services. It could be utilities, it could be really any organisation that's offering services. And so that address book has to be maintained. And, and these days, well, the traditional way, once again, is to go through um, a batch process managed by the bank. So it comes into our master directory and then we push out um, updates to that each day. And so being able to have an API that allows direct access to that registry once again provides for more timely processing and overcomes some of the issues we can experience just in terms of delays of adding billers into directories and um, just provides once again a more modern way of um, accessing and updating those important details. And so sometimes you might see, as an example, um, if there's going to be uh, an offer in the market for um, you know, a new company through, through shares on issue, that type of thing, 
there can be some timeliness required to, to get those updates through. And so this service is going to add some more flexibility and, and more timely service delivery. I believe they launched in uh, April. Uh, just wondering how developers have responded to the new APIs? I actually don't have those details to hand, but we are seeing an awful lot of interest in our developer portals and it certainly has um, outstripped our expectations. Uh, we've also been working on streamlining our developer portal to make the self-service more effective. Um, you know, we, we did have some feedback, so we've taken that on board and we're always happy to do so. And it's great to see, particularly in the developer community, people are, you know, they do provide that feedback, which is fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I can provide the data, but it's certainly been very, you know, a lot of interest and uh, we expect that to continue as there's more visibility and it's, it's been certainly uh, landed well. I believe BPAY's AI document intelligent company, SIFT, is ready to scale into the US. Uh, how has the market responded to the platform's capabilities and offerings? It is quite an achievement and um, it's, a, it's a dynamic business that we're very uh, excited about. Um, you know, and the, the leadership team of SIFT have uh, really... Uh, taken the opportunities to, to demonstrate the capability of taking unstructured data and converting that into usable data that can really help solve problems in, in business. Um, in terms of moving into the US market, there's been assistance through business partners and, and um, some of the owners of the business. And you know, what, what SIFT loves to do is to find wicked problems and help solve that. And um, the use of um, uh, you know, natural language methods through their AI models have been very, very successful. And we expect that business to continue to prosper and to really help um, businesses in a raft of ways. And so, you know, there's a lot of innovative um, opportunities being explored both locally and, and in the US. I was just wondering uh, how COVID helped propel SIF's uh, advancement in the US because I understand that was a bit of an accelerator for you guys. I think it was because I think having to move to digital methods, uh, you know, in the US the market is very different to here in Australia. There's still a lot of reliance on things like uh, check processing, the issue of paper-based fines, for instance. And so what we had come to assume to be a pervasive way of um, of living and working in Australia is certainly not the case internationally. So in the US, there are, you know, the restrictions of the conventional methods have been felt quite acutely, particularly with government departments and, and other large organisations. And so there's been a lot of interest in um, helping to transform processes to, to digital-based processes. And so... Um, really COVID has, has propelled that interest and some of the pipeline uh, customers that SIFT had really sort of ignited their interest and, and have really taken um, their exploration solution much, much further. And so, yeah, we're very excited and I look forward to seeing that that business really flourish. We've spoken a bit about BPAY's various ways you guys are modernising payments through uh, various avenues. What other aspects of BPAY's digital offerings um, do you guys have? Like what's in store for the company's cloud compute and service strategies? Well, we've had a, a fantastic few years. So um, over the past um, four years, BPAY has really been embracing cloud services. So we used to have old data centres and, um, you know, they were ageing, required a lot of investment and so it created that, that little spur to look at what, what the opportunities were. So we embarked on a very ambitious program of exiting our data centres and migrating to private cloud platform services. And uh, we 
we took a very conservative, conservative approach, being owned by banks and servicing the financial services community. I say that we are unapologetically conservative in what we do because trust and security is absolutely paramount um, to what our customers expect of us. So we took a... A, a progressive and, and staged approach to migrating to the cloud. Um, we basically transformed uh, the platforms that we use, the way that we build and operate um, servers and we utilize storage. We transformed our, our database technologies and most importantly, learned to um, adapt our operating model to work in a hybrid way, which was a blend of our in-house services working with third-party providers who brought the expertise uh, about managing those platforms. So that's um, almost everybody in, in the IT group um, acquired new skills and, and became adept uh, in utilisation of those skills. We upgraded security. And at the same time, we also transitioned to the use of um, SaaS-based solutions for our office technology. So things like um, Office 365, moving to cloud-based CI, uh, cloud-based HR systems, and, and progressively we continue down that path. So today we have about 75% of our platforms in public and private cloud. Um, we have 100% of our development tools uh, sourced from the cloud, and we continue to migrate our corporate apps to cloud-based solutions. And I think without exception, uh, we, we have found that to be very beneficial, and it's helping it to break the back on continuous refresh. And you mentioned uh, you know, upskilling your staff and increasing their IT capabilities. How was that? Like how many teams uh, had to kind of uh, refresh their skills? I would say every team had to refresh their skills and, and, and migrate. So we um, we really committed to agile development practices about four years, years ago as well. And so by taking, uh, adopting a, a hybrid um, Spotify agile approach, um, we were really step down the path of having product-led technology teams. So we have our technology product leads work really closely with our, our tribes and they set priorities. And by embracing those agile practices, we also embrace different tool sets that would enable continuous integration and delivery, um, automated testing, automated security, um, testing of our code, etc. And so every single person has had to change. We, we operate a flight deck. We have 24 by 7 by 365 operations and everybody and that team have had to learn new skills and look at our, our more sophisticated monitoring systems and how we communicate with our customers in the world at large. So I'd say yes, without exception, people have acquired new skills. Now that didn't happen overnight, it's happened progressively and um, what we have is uh, a very adaptable workforce who are not change resistant. Um, it was interesting when we when COVID was declared, how, how that was evident. And, um, I, you know, it, it's been a very successful transformation for us, but it wasn't sudden. It was, it was planned. It was staged. People had the time and the opportunity and the support to learn new skills. And, you know, in some cases, some of the tools didn't measure up and so we, we would move on to other, other, other tools. But um, it's, it's been... An interesting time, a learning time, but has um, been incredibly valuable for BPAIN. And a nice measure of that is our release velocity. Four years ago, we would have two major releases of BPAY payments technology a year. And now we have releases at a minimum of every six weeks. 
uh, to the point where our, our customers have pushed back a little bit and said, you know, it's, you're a bit fast for us. Can you can you moderate that? And so we still deliver at pace, but a lot of it, it will be improvements in the back end and, and things that don't sort of have customer impacts. But it's um, there's been a great success story. That must be so great for your staff to work at, you know, a place like BPay that really values the continual upskill of everyone. Um, how important is that, especially as a CIO, to kind of always keep your staff learning and moving? It's essential, absolutely essential. I'm delighted to report that, you know, BPay Group and, um, and the technology teams have consistently reported high levels of engagement. And um, last year for the IT teams, I think it was 92%, which is phenomenal. And so for me, it's really important for my people that they are keeping pace and keeping relevant in the market. That's great for them, but it's great for us because we get the benefit of that fresh knowledge and the ability to utilise the technologies. And so that plays back into business benefits. And so that's, you know, where we, we do things in a smarter way, we do it in a more secure way, and that translates into benefit for our customers and, and for our business. And technology people are happy when they've got interesting work, uh, they are valued, and they can continue growing professionally. And that's certainly what BPay offers. The MPP, BPay and FPOS all agree to merge. I was just wondering your thoughts on how this combined technology will strengthen the payments market here in Australia. Well, it's a really interesting time. Um, that, that that merger is currently before the ACCC for consideration, so um, we'll find out whether that's going ahead in the next few months. Um, look, I think there is a lot of opportunity that could be um, explored through that. Um, BPay and the NPPA already have a, a close relationship. Um, BPay's OSCO services uh, overlay services over the NPPA infrastructure. Um, there is opportunity to consider how BPay payments could operate across those, those rails in the future. And we, um, we have a friendly relationship with FPOS as well, and we have shared knowledge, uh, for instance, around um, API um, approaches and developments in the past. And, and so we think there is opportunity to explore. Um, it's something that we haven't really got into a lot of depth with at this point. Um, and we, um, you know, the, the submissions before the ACCC sort of explain a lot of the rationale behind that proposed merger, but also some of the considerations that arise as a course of it as well. And what inspired the merge. There's a number of motivations behind it. Um, I think one of them is certainly a concern about um, the competitiveness of domestic payment solutions, um, particularly in an increasingly globalised world and, and new entrants into the market. And there's also concerns about um, perceptions about competing product strategies at times, although you know there's different schools of thought as to whether that's, uh, that's true or not. When we delve into the detail, we, we do focus in different areas, the three, or, the three organisations. And um, I think an increasingly busy world, uh, just looking for a little bit more simplicity, that the ACCC submissions um, outline the rationale in a lot more detail. It'll be interesting to see if that's to help competition in the landscape, especially against Visa and MasterCard. It'll be interesting to see how, what their next move will be. If, if the merger goes through, if they notice Australia is strengthening their payment network. You know, payments is an interesting space. On the first blush, you think oh, it might be a bit simple, but actually there's a lot of devil in the detail and opportunity and, and complexity. So it's, it's, a, it's a fascinating area. I love it. I've been in payments for a long time and um, it's never dull. Like you said, um, the devil's really is in the details because you never think a simple transaction, hand over some cash, you get your goods, you go, would kind of involve so much compliance and regulation and different ways to do those transactions and how to do it faster and different methods. It 
is, and a lot of it's, you know, a lot of the regulation is there to protect us, mm-hmm. and, um, and and people don't even understand it. And they don't want to know about it, right? You know, there's a lot of trust in organisations that they are doing the right thing by you, and if something bad goes wrong, they'll help you out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think things like credit card fraud is, um, is, is a great example of that. Um, and that also applies in other aspects of our daily financial lives that we that we, we do take for granted, and yet it takes a lot of time and effort and, and money. And um, and so opportunities to simplify that is really important. But you know those tenets of security, trust, and, and being sort of cost efficient are, 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 are things that we all take for granted. And yeah, many many organisations. <laughs> you know, are involved in all of that. So BPAY is obviously very digitally focused by nature. Just wondering how this helped when you and your team responded to COVID. COVID was interesting. Um, I say in technology, we get it right when we invest in capabilities that nobody thinks is needed right now. But when the time arises, um, you have it readily available or it's not that hard to implement. As it turned out, we had invested in equipping all staff in BPAY for mobility and, and mobile working. So everybody had laptops and phones. We actually tested an all-staff working from home uh, scenario just the week before we all had to work from home. And fortunately, the technology held up. What's been really pleasing is actually the adaptability of the whole of the BPAY group workforce. Um, like many organisations, we we found that our reliance on collaboration tools became of mission critical importance to us. Um, so like many organisations, using video conferencing, using collaboration tools and chat became essential for us. And, and what would have been a hard project under normal circumstances in terms of change management became something that we did really in the course of course of a week or two. What was more challenging for us was actually how we collaborate with um, our stakeholders, so primarily banks and, and, and other members of our scheme. And while we were comfortable using collaboration tools, we did have to navigate our way through the tools that could be commonly accepted. And so we still find um, when we have meetings with banks and other parties, many times people can't be on video because of the security policies of their organisations. But but, but we, we, we resolve that and we, we work through it. Where we are now is we are having to revisit some of our practices so that we can improve those and mature those because some things were a bit rough and ready when we rolled them out. Uh, we weren't in, expecting to be working from home for a year we thought it might have been a few months and now we we are going back to see if we can just bring a little bit more structure a little bit more organization and enhance um, training in a lot of those tools because they are going to be part of our ongoing reality of working that's true a bit of a reality of the new way of working is like all from home so it'll be interesting to see what the next year has in store for everyone for sure and one of the areas we've been focusing on is how to um, build stronger connections. Um, while we've been incredibly successful and our productivity has been high, we are uh, mindful of people's well-being and creating more social connection. And so how we do that through a blend of digital and, um, and, and physical connections is, is something that we're spending time on. Lastly, uh, just on a p- more you know positive note, COVID-free, uh, what are you most excited about for the year ahead? Well, I'm really excited about a number of things. So I guess, first of all, we'll be understand, um, working on whether we're going to be merging or not. So that's, that's something that will be very important for us. Um, I'm excited about the additional APIs that we have on on our roadmap. And so we're currently going through our our planning and budgeting processes and and there's a number of new features and functions there that that, um, we have planned. 
I'm also excited about BPAY's uh, consideration of uh, digital identity opportunities. It's just something on our, our strategic plan, and we have been evaluating ways in which um, BPAY could be playing a role to facilitate secure use of digital identity in, in the market, and that's something that uh, I hope will turn into something really interesting for our business over time. So. And I, and I guess most importantly is it continue to work with a fantastic group of people we have at BP Group. We have a wonderful team. We have mature, smart, capable people and continuing to work with that group of people and, and harnessing their capabilities to turn that into interesting things that we do that our customers appreciate is something that gets me out of bed every morning. Thank you so much for joining me today. Uh, it was really great speaking with you and like I said, uh, I cannot wait to see what BPay has coming up in the next year. Thank you so much, Kate. It's been great speaking with you today. There's exciting possibilities but there's also consequences of every change. So, you know, and how that affects people primarily is is probably the, the thing that we, we know the least about. And that's the podcast for this week. We'll be back with an exciting new interview next week. Until then, you can catch all the latest headlines in Australian IT over at itnews.com.au.